2: It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN.
3: All right, BMAS and Beamer, welcome you into another morning here on WB. A busy morning here on WBEN that we are uh you know what? Um covering a lot of stuff throughout the morning yeah. here. Uh lots to do. Lots to go into. Lots to talk about. Of course, the ongoing situation in Lackawanna. A home apparently exploded. I mean, there really would be no other way to describe what you see there. Uh, Bedford near Abbott. In Lackawanna home explosion we're getting reports from the scene and we'll be uh, kind of bringing you the very latest from there as we get more information Uh, there's also the space flight that's gonna happen three minutes from right now Jeff Bezos is going to launch into space Uh, we'll see how that goes I thought that was at 930 no no it's three minutes from right now I see
4: see the clock now yes
3: yeah we're uh, we're getting closer and closer. so we'll uh, keep you informed as to how that goes
4: what state does he land in I saw that was one of the bets. Shouldn't they have that figured out by now? Well, they seem to it's think a, it's a, it's a possibility of three places. I mean, that, to me that
3: doesn't bode well for the space flight. <laughs> uh, you should, the landing, I feel like it's one of the important things. You want to nail the landing. That's yeah. uh it's it's a long way down from space. Um so well,
4: hopef- space with ho- air quotes.
3: Hopefully the four on board um have a little bit of a better idea as to where they're landing. And uh, of course this uh, new for just over the past 24 hours, we're, we're talking about masks in school yet again as uh, they're in the spotlight. This a new recommendation from the American Academy of Pediatrics saying kids in school should wear masks. The CDC uh, not making it a guideline just yet. And we're, we're kind of asking and diving into this, what exactly is the situation in schools right now and more importantly what's the situation in schools in western new york right now mark laurie is superintendent of niagara falls city school district and he's joining us to kick off our show hey mark uh, thanks for being with us
1: good morning it's uh maybe the uh musk or the flight will land in niagara falls
3: yeah maybe (laughs) I hope for their sake not. That seems like a little bit off course, but maybe, maybe. Uh, It depends on how high they go in space, right? Um, Well, hey, uh, it's uh, not just a regular day in uh, Niagara Falls. It's kind of a school day, right? You have summer school going on right now.
1: Good morning. All
3: right. I I don't know if we might have lost connection just a little bit. With Mark Laurie, we um, broke up uh, just a tiny bit there. We'll try and uh, reestablish there. But, but yeah, uh, summer school has been going on in uh, City of Niagara Falls.
4: S- schools, yeah, summer school going on around Western New York, and what are they following in these settings? Because that is a school setting, mostly indoors, not an outside setting like a camp.
3: Yeah, uh, Mark is back with us um, it, now. You've had summer school
1: going on, is that right? we we have had summer school going on since june 28th and um as a matter of fact our secondary summer school ends uh july 30th and elementary has been in session for two weeks we have about 1500 kids involved in summer programs and our recommendation has been that masks are strongly recommended Everywhere, but not mandatory, unless you're on a bus or walking in the hall. Outside or in classrooms, strongly recommended, but not mandatory. Uh,
3: What has the response to that uh, been like? Are you at liberty to say, um, you know, uh, around a rough estimate of how many, what percentage of students in school are wearing masks?
1: Uh, Most are. So I toured at one of the summer school facilities yesterday, and I would say 90% of the kids have them on. There are uh, a few kids in every class that don't. That's fine. A business is being carried on as usual. Um, Students are comfortable. No one's being forced to do that. Uh, But many, uh, through guidance from their parents and of their own volition, are wearing masks. But again, it has not been an issue. Uh, Yesterday's guidance. Um, while respectful, I respect the guidance. Uh, it certainly, adds to the confusion, and um, it, it's it's why we've got to get out in front of this in New York State and Western New York now. May, let's let's make a statement. Let's make a decision. If God forbid the numbers rise, we can always pivot and return to masks. Um, so uh, we're waiting anxiously for a you know a statement of, of seating for the for the fall. But um, yesterday's guidance, again, it it, it added to some confusion.
4: You know, looking forward to that uh, to fall. And as you said, there could be a change in numbers. There could be more guidance. um, But looking at students uh, over the age of 12, do you have an idea of how many of the returning students uh, have gotten at least a dose of the vaccine?
1: I don't have a hard, fast number. You know, I I would think that we're about half. Uh, That's, again, very anecdotal. Mostly the high school kids, Um, uh, you know, I I don't know if we'll ever get hard and fast numbers that that to date has been a, uh, you know, a medically protected number with no way for a school official to get that hard and fast number. We've encouraged it. We think it's a good thing. We know it works. Uh, but we don't have a hard and fast number, so I'm I'm estimating about 50% of the kids. Nonetheless, I don't think that can uh, be a focal point of whether we are in school or wearing masks. I think we've got to use the best science, the best guidance, and what what we know, what we know from last year is we can pivot if the numbers happen to, again, God forbid, rise, we can pivot backwards. We did it. Over a weekend last year, when we got guidance on the 14th of August and had schools opened up on September 1st, and we were able to do it. But it's time to make a clear statement with the understanding that we can do it backwards if we need to.
3: I'm kind of I'm trying to unpack what I think this will lead to. Right. That's what we all want to know. You know, what will this mean to any mandate on the school when it reopens in the fall, uh, when schools across the country reopen? And, And I'm trying to think back to what happened last year. The same organization was kind of urging students to be in school. As much as possible. That was best for the health and they weren't really listened to. So I don't know if this is going to carry a ton of weight this time around. Uh, You have stressed the importance of local decision making because, you know, in a country as big as ours, there's so many different areas that are dealing with so many different issues um, and and that look completely different. Uh, Do you still think that is the way to go? And have you worked at all to kind of lobby for that local decision? Decision making, whether it's by district, by county, or something else?
1: I absolutely think that that's the way to go. The communication and the science has advanced to the point where we know what's going on. We have data collection sources for uh, infection rates that are, you know, in real time. We also have elected boards of education, in our case, schools, who always put the safety of kids first and will not make an arbitrary or willy-nilly decision. And as you stated, I, it's exactly what I believe. Every community has different nuances, different population centers, different uh, opportunities for activities, and, 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 the, and the decision needs to vary by that locality. So I continue to be and have advocated at at least the state education level, and with our local elected officials who in our area have been extremely responsive to listening to make it local decisions based on board of education, superintendent discussions, public input. There is a natural vehicle for public input at a local level with a local decision-making body to use their best guidance and their best thinking to represent the safety needs of a school district. No one, Not one superintendent, not one school district uh, that I know, that I don't believe any of them, would put kids in harm's way. That's why it's up to the local uh, decision makers, in my opinion, to make the best call. So we we continue to advocate along those lines. Yesterday's decision, I think, doesn't really help. And again, respectful of the organization, but I think it adds to confusion.
4: You know, uh, talking about a local decision, local response, uh, have you heard complaints from parents uh, over the possibility of going back to a building next fall or this coming fall uh, that wouldn't be mask mandated?
1: Yeah, so, uh, very, again, a, a few. I wouldn't say, in, in, at least in Niagara Falls, uh, it, you know, the, it's picking up a little bit. But a few that say, look, it you've been in summer school now. 20 days in, in the case of secondary school have not had a problem. Everyone's been cooperative. The infection rate for a couple of days uh, was zero. And we've gotten this far. Why would we, you know, again, it's it's dependent on the variants, dependent on infection rates, but why would we start there and, with a mask and then, you know, wait to see what happens. We can pivot backwards. It's an easy pivot. Kids and families have been very respectful and responsible to the decision when the numbers are up there to wear a mask. Mostly they want their children back in school, but the freedom to make that personal decision. And um, I think having proven in summer programming that it's working well at this point, they, uh, the, the parents are expecting that decision to remain local. By their own decision and uh, to move forward that way it's going to be very hard to retract for what was given for the summer to come into september again with you know with all uh, with all concern for any variant or any um any reoccurrence of the of the infection now i read in Niagara county that we've been at zero uh, until yesterday there were we went up to two and a half percent. But remember, two and a half percent is four cases. It's four mm-hmm. cases out of 151 tested. There were only 151 people tested in the whole county of Niagara yesterday with four cases. So, and that could be one family or one you know group of people together. So, you know, it's time to make some decisions and put some things out there. And uh, we can always retract from there.
3: And you mentioned that you know four cases. It seems the one thing that I've kind of taken issue with this whole thing is, I uh, it's okay whatever decision we end up with, as long as everything is considered, right? That the benefits and burdens of wearing a mask in school are both considered and made clear to teachers and students. And well, I know a lot of teachers have made the point of. You know, wearing a mask, a lot of people say, well, what's the big deal? But I mean, it does reduce the ability to communicate, to mimic expressions, to interact with others and do things that, especially at younger ages, are so essential to school. I, are those concerns being heard and um, are maybe teachers looking forward to in the fall being able to get make that a part of school again?
1: Absolutely. That is absolutely a major concern. There was a real natural downturn in student communication when kids had masks on. Uh, Many teachers have told us, you know, the kids are quiet. The kids aren't saying things. The kids aren't interacting with each other. Aside from the primary skills of speech and language articulation, which is predicated on watching uh, people's lips form and things like that, that, that you know, good uh, language development is, you'd go into a middle school class or a high school class, you know, even upper elementary class, that we expect to be lively, sometimes noisy, with a lot of interaction, and you see nothing. Kids sitting there quietly with their mask on, and that's not what school's supposed to be about. Kids should be learning, you know, the, the core areas, but they also should be learning how to interact with each other. And when, you, when, you, when, when you're masked up, you don't get that. Now, given the choice of being in school and wearing a mask or not being in school, certainly we would do that. But it, it, there's a great deal of benefits for just kids interacting, being able to communicate with each other, get along with each other, talk to each other, share and learn from each other. Oftentimes, kids learn as much from each other as they do from the teacher in the classroom.
4: I'm sure a lot of my teachers wished I had a mask on when I was, uh, when I was in school.
1: Me <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had a mask on all the time too. Yeah.
4: A, 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 lot of, a lot of listeners wish I still had a mask on. Um, looking at the non-mask return, so looking ba- into September, uh, we, we've mentioned the masks. What will be different starting this school year than your average school year, your non-COVID school year, what will be different about the return this September?
1: Well, I, I think um, I think basically the beginning of the school year is going to be a lot more getting back to rituals and routines and operations and coming in and you know, moving around the building and and, and and just how we work with each other. I think that we will be taking a step backward if we start our first couple days or weeks jumping deep, deep into the curriculum, trying to capture all of those objectives. I think that's a mistake, and and that's not the way we're going here. We really need to get kids socially and emotionally ready to come back, ready to interact with each other, interact with the school setting, get in the cafeteria, um, you know, in a normal way. Uh, I think that, um, I think that the use of technology is going to be much greater. We're not retreating from that. We came a long, long way, both in our skill development and our practical use of technology. That's not going to retreat. And you know, kids, kids. You know, we're using one-to-one devices to learn as a tool. I think is uh, going to be more prevalent than it would have pre-pandemic. I think some of our cleaning protocols are going to be uh, much much stepped up, which which is these are all good things. I think you'll see much more of that. I think I just think that you're going to see a much slower. Uh, purposeful pace of which we're digging deeper into the curriculum area, uh, no matter what grade it is, than, than you would have been during a normal school year. And we've got to reacclimate uh, early so that we have a stronger finish at the end.
3: Hey, Mark, appreciate the time, as always, and uh, thank you for reacting to this with us here. Uh, hey, good luck the rest of summer school and uh, the rest of the planning for the upcoming school year. That's Mark Laurie, superintendent of Niagara Falls City Schools. And, uh, you know, brings up a lot of interesting points when it comes to this new recommendation. The American Academy of Pediatrics uh, recommending a return to masking Um, And, and, you know, we hear from a lot of people locally saying that, well, it's, you know, maybe don't make a sweeping, um, uh, you know, determination on this just yet. Uh, Kind of look at this on a case by case basis, a county by county, a district by district basis and decision. And it's something we're kind of getting into throughout the morning here on WBEN and we'll have more on this and we'll take your calls on masks in schools and what might happen are you ready for a return to mask wearing is that something we should be doing to kids in schools so we'll take your calls on this coming up but I also want to pay attention to what's going on in Lackawanna and that is the explosion of a house there Tim Wenger was on the scene speaking with a neighbor. Who's also a firefighter who raced to that scene?
5: Here's him with Michael. Uh, could I have your name, please? Michael Salamone. Could you spell that last name? S A L A M O N. And you are with Reserve? I would, yeah, I'm with Reserve Hose okay. in West Seneca. I live across the street from the explosion. Wow. And oh, wow. your your title with Reserve just before we get started? Our chief secretary and a firefighter and, and a driver operator. Okay. Can you, t- uh, you know, unique perspective here a firefighter and you live across the street tell us what what happened well i got my coffee walked to the front window as usual opened the drapes and everything went white and it was like you know i just stood there i thought what happened when the debris stopped falling and the smoke cleared i could see the house across the street was level it was gone the extent of the damage i didn't know until i went outside I immediately took this is old turnout gear. we have new gear but i immediately put it on regardless go outside i put a few spot fires out with an extinguisher and i went into the homes to find anyone that was hurt i mean that's just protocol as far as i'm concerned you're a firefighter; that's all you care about you know and these people i doubly care about because they're all my neighbors now the woman that's living in this in the house that exploded her routine is she usually goes to the store about 9.30 in the morning, and this was seven, around 7.30 in the morning. So, and her car is still there. You know, we all love her, and I always check on her every day. Uh, a lot of people are out of homes, like five houses are damaged. The two next door to her that explosion are extensively damaged. I don't know where these people. I care about these people. I don't know where they're going to live. What's going to happen? And they're all looking for me for answers because they know I'm a firefighter and I live there. So, um, from your perspective as a firefighter, I mean, any any speculation at all what might have happened here? I mean. um, I'm going to speculate, and off the record, I'm going to say it was a gas explosion. It, you know, from what I've seen, it was. You know, I'm going to say, personally speaking. It was definitely a gas explosion you know? in it in addition to to the woman that resides here she elderly woman or, yes, okay. yes. Uh, uh, any neighbors or any do you know of anyone that was injured no one else thank God was injured no one else
3: I mean, all right so there's a, a little bit of a taste from the scene of what we have there uh, Michael speaking with our Tim Wenger, uh at that scene, a home explosion in Lackawanna. We'll have the latest update coming up at the
4: bottom of the hour news. We're back after this. It's Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams. Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. Will always be worth it. It's Beamaz and Beamer News Radio 930 W B E N.
4: That's exactly what it is. Welcome back here on News Radio 930 W B E N. Brian, we just watched uh, Jeff Bezos walk out of the capsule. It's uh, it's official. He kind of went to space. Well, he did go to space. Um,
3: but you know, how often do you get a successful space flight done in half an hour? Yeah, <laughs> uh, we started the show we're not even uh, halfway done before he's back down to earth so that's pretty cool a uh, little quick but we didn't really see any video yet from inside the capsule or like what it looked like you kind of saw the launch you saw the booster return down you saw them land down oh, pretty nice soft cushy landing yeah which i like but it looks like everything went according to plan being congratulated and yeah there is space flight done There it is. Both successful, both billionaire space flights. I love this question, though. uh, People are wondering. Now, Jeff Bezos and everyone else on board flew up to space, make their return. Is he now an astronaut? Does that make him an astronaut?
4: No. Why? Why? Because he, he didn't go all the way into space. He went, I, he I am, went into
3: space. Now, if we can, let's let's get this out of the way right now. I don't now. want to revisit this. With your, uh, and your uh, weird definition of space. By the international definition of space, they went to space today. They so went to space. He went to space. Is he an astronaut?
4: No, I think you have to do something when you're in space. Like what? Twiddle your thumbs? I don't know. Eat, I, eat some astronaut ice cream? I'm so not what ready. are you looking for here? I'm not ready to call him an astronaut. But if he wants to be considered, I'm sure uh, it's it's in the, uh, in the realm of space. So he passed. I mean, he went
3: to space. He came back. I think that kind of makes you an astronaut, which is neat. Now, the dictionary, the Oxford Dictionary, says he would not. Well, I, I don't know. Their definition of an astronaut is a person who trained to travel in a spacecraft. Yeah, he didn't train. So, Well, he I'm sure he underwent some training to understand what it would be like to travel in that spacecraft. They didn't just pluck him out of the uh, shipping warehouse and say, hey, uh, it's time to board the spacecraft. Let's get in here.
4: I mean, there was some training involved, I'm I'd sure. I'd like to see that. See, that, that's something we haven't seen. What did these guys go through before getting on this uh, on this rocket to go to the edge of space. Now, I kind of think, um, but here, here it is, an astronaut, a person trained, equipped,
3: and deployed by a human spaceflight program uh, to serve as a crew member aboard a spacecraft. So, I mean, he was there. He's an astronaut. He was up there. I think he's kind of an astronaut. That's, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say he is. And everyone aboard there. And I would, I would throw that to uh, the other space flight too, as well, just to uh, kind of toss it. I do want to see video of what it was like. They uh, talked so much about these big windows on the spacecraft. I want to see what their view was like heading up. We saw a lot of images from Earth of the spacecraft, but yeah. none really in space. So we'll see. Um, <laughs> are, are, now someone's uh, trying. I'm sure astronauts are just through NASA. Just because I baked cookies yesterday doesn't make me a I chef. I like this
4: person's definition. It does make you a
3: baker. I know. I The the definition of astronaut, someone who is trained to travel in a spacecraft. He traveled in a space, he went to space, and he came back. So, I, I don't know. I, I think feel like that I just
4: watched like one big paid paid advertisement for space travel.
3: Yeah, I mean you're that's just the, catching on. That's I mean, let
4: just uh, just. Do you now? think it'll ever get cheaper? Then uh, twenty million dollars. I mean, yes,
3: I do. I mean, it's going to have to.
4: Where people like you and I would be able no, to.
3: Okay, I do not. Um, you know, maybe when I'm uh, very old and have no interest in uh, feeling any sort of g. Uh, then. Do you have an interest right now? Right now, going to space. I don't know. You know, maybe, but not. Not anything right. There's a lot of things on the Earth that I want to see right. before you head out there. Yeah, I feel like the same you way. with Wyoming. That's you'd rather and see Montana, Wyoming. Than space. Don't forget, you'd rather be out there. But no, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I think he's an astronaut now. That uh, went up and down, no problem. Uh, you know, pretty cool spaceflight. I, I am a little sick of the uh, people complaining or you know saying it's not that impressive. You know, uh, one tweet coming out. Oh, this would be super impressive if we hadn't achieved this already 60 years ago. And it's like listen. Yeah. I know. That was with the will of a nation behind you and right. the space program. I mean, this is like him or not, like his business or not, and you can say whatever you want about Amazon separately, but this is a person who with his own money and his own, you know, will and and brain power and team decided to build all this stuff and go to space. With mm-hmm. basically one person and the team that he built uh it's completely different scenario and I think that's what's kind of cool about this whole thing.
4: He was able to realize a dream, and any of us with a dream can uh, see the great accomplishment that was. Can fly into
3: space for a few minutes' time. no, No, I'm
4: just saying, you know, it it shows if you work on your dream, whatever, however big or small that dream is, um, hey, he he had one dream, that was Amazon, and now he's got a civilian uh, flight into space achievement. Sometimes.
3: Well, I know know I'm not alone with a lot of people who have a dream of uh, normal school year. This upcoming fall. And we talked a lot about this in the first half of the show. We're not 100% sure if that's going to happen, how that's going to happen. We know there's going to be a push to return all kids to school, but will they have to wear a mask when they do so? The American Academy of Pediatrics wants school kids to wear masks, they announced yesterday. The CDC not making that part of their guideline. We talked about this with Niagara Falls School Superintendent uh, Mark Laurie. He joined us in the first half hour of the program to kind of go through the ins and outs um, of how this decision should be made. And I I do want to kind of look at the current situation when it does come to kids in COVID and what we know, because that information is very important when making a decision Like this, Um, we'll start with Duke, Duke University. Uh, Duke Health had a study of children uh, that they had tested at hospitals. Children and adolescents who had mild to asymptomatic uh, cases of COVID were found to have robust antibody responses up to four months after infection. Uh, That study appeared in JCI Insight, a medical journal, found children and adolescents who had previously had COVID Developed antibody responses capable of neutralizing the virus, uh, comparable or superior to those observed in adults, which we know are pretty good. Uh, Over in Stanford University, their school of medicine, researchers there analyzing COVID data from their children's hospital uh, near the campus there in Stanford between May of 2020 and February of this past year. And this is what they found. Children being treated in hospitals are tested for COVID, as just about anyone who enters a hospital over the course of the last year uh, has been, but many who test positive never develop COVID symptoms. They say this is leading to overestimates of disease severity. When it comes to children, they concluded that uh, 53 of the patients, or about 45 percent of the patients, admitted for reasons unrelated to the virus at all. So when you're counting COVID cases in pediatric. Uh, hospital patients, it's possible as many as half of them are not there because of COVID. They just happen to also have COVID uh, as it relates to their stay in the hospital.
4: And then it counts as a child in the hospital with COVID. Yeah,
3: so that's what they're saying. These uh, researchers at Stanford saying that, you know, it's uh, leading to a little bit of an overestimate of how severe this can be in children. Over in Canada, this just happening the other day, School closures or a transition to online learning models should not be used as a public health measure for pandemic control. That is Ontario's science advisory table. They're recommending the return of not just school, but extracurriculars and loosened mask rules, uh, adding that only catastrophic scenarios should change them. In the UK, Britain opting against mass vaccinations for all children and teenagers they're only going to focus on 12 to 15 year olds who are in a high risk category. So who might have some other comorbidity.
4: I'm sorry. Go ahead. And that's, you know, that's with anything. You know, if you have a child who is in a high risk category uh, for COVID, most likely they're in a high risk category for other viruses and they are to be, you know, they are they should be protected in any way possible. Uh, but if you look at the numbers, you look at what COVID does to children, and a lot of a lot of time now, a lot of uh, research on this shows that the average child does not even show symptoms, uh, let alone go to the hospital with COVID. When do you finally say, "Hey, I'm seeing"? a year now of my kid not even in school. Now they come back to school and you have nothing but question marks. One day I'm in a mask, one day I'm not. And I think it's also important, what are parents doing this summer With their children, especially those under 12, are you still going into places with your child wearing a mask?
3: Well, I think, you know, all of this, it kind of speaks to this is just some of the recent news. And it's adding to a wealth of data, as you mentioned, Joe, that we already have when it comes to kids and COVID. And it's maybe speaking more and more to the idea of masking kids in school and whether that is an assessment of risk that's justified And it seems like it's not justified by rational calculations of a lot of this risk. And now I want to go back to something that was written uh, near the beginning of the pandemic uh, back in 2020. This is Manfred Spitzer. He's with the University of Ulm in Germany. That's why you never heard of the University of Ulm before. Chances are you don't know any family members who went there. Uh, But he wrote a paper looking at... Masking in Schools, uh, published in a few scientific journals. And this is part of what that paper said. So covering the lower half of the face reduces the ability to communicate, interpret, mimic expressions of those with whom we interact. Positive emotions become less recognizable. Negative emotions might be amplified. Emotional mimicry uh, are reduced. The bonding between teachers and learners and learning is a major driver and that could suffer from masking in schools and the pot, the end result of this paper you know the uh, conclusion he comes to is not one way or another on whether or not you should wear a mask in school if you are a student but the end uh, how he ends this is by saying this i think this is what you have to really get back to He says, the benefits and burdens of face masks in schools should be seriously considered and made obvious and clear to teachers and students. And that, I think, is what we've gotten away from a little bit in this entire discussion throughout the entirety of the last year and a half, where the benefits and burdens of face masks are not really being communicated to not just teachers and students, but to parents as well, and we heard that talking with Mark Laurie uh, over in Niagara Falls where he says, yes, there is. it's so easy to go online, especially if, and I'm going to make an assumption here. I think it's a safe one to make, that the people who are, are saying this are not parents, uh, don't have a school-aged kid. Um, but it's so easy to go online and type, well, just wear a mask. How simple is it? You know, it's the easiest thing to do. You know what? You're not hurting anybody. Mm -hmm. There are things to take into consideration on both sides of the issue. How much do they help? How much can they inhibit learning? And you have to do a kind of a cost benefit analysis of that. And that's going to be different, not in every country. That's going to be different in every community, in every local school district, which is why when we were talking with uh, Mark Laurie, he said he wants this decision to be more of a local one and that yes teachers are talking a little bit more about the burdens that this is causing on the education system
4: well and i think if we just simplify this and go down to where we were over a year ago brian uh we look at the pros of being maskless in school with, with the research that has been done and the effects COVID has had on children has been minimal. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Don't, you know, don't go after me on Twitter for that. But it's minimal. Remember, a year ago, we weren't talking about children getting sick with COVID. We were talking about children passing COVID on to those they live with. Well, now with the vaccine, that problem shouldn't be there anymore. And you do have to look at what is my kid missing out on by having to go to school with a mask? I know, yes, it's easy to say just throw the mask on, but when you're talking about elementary, age uh, students not communicating with each other, not seeing facial expression. You could be talking setting back another year when we've already had a year and a half mostly spent in front of a computer screen.
3: I I thought uh, Mark Laurie, the superintendent, painted a pretty good picture there when he was talking about what he noticed, how different school was with kids in masks. And I think just the end of this is when you're having this discussion, it's so easy to throw out the other point of view. The discussion has to be had, again, going back to what was said over a year and a half ago, this guy over at a university in Germany, the benefits and burdens of face masks in schools should both be seriously considered. Nobody should pretend that wearing a mask in school is completely harmless, because it's not, and we hear it from. It plays a role in education. You heard from the superintendent in Niagara Falls. There, nobody wants to put students in harm's way. You also want them to get as much of an education as they possibly can. Uh, nobody is just. Nobody should be on the side of looking at this and saying, well, there's absolutely no benefit to a mask in school or, you know, just throwing away anything that could happen from that. Uh, Masks are likely one of the reasons why schools were not any sort of driver of spread and more kids should have been in schools uh, throughout the course of the past year. But it's that decision uh, or that discussion that has to happen in order to. For me to really listen to it, right, in order to kind of take all of this into consideration, there are more than one points of view on this. And when you kind of look around, you have to look at the overall picture when it comes to kids, especially, um, as we've said it many times before. uh, We've identified those at risk. We've offered the protection. There is the ability to get the vaccine. And any time a mandate or a restriction comes on like this to mandate kids wear a mask in school, I, it's one of the things that's, uh, you know, really uh, gotten to me over the last year and a half. Uh, mandates and restrictions are not, we shouldn't say they're because of the number of COVID cases. You know, oh, because of rising COVID cases, then X, Y, and Z. It's because of people in charge who don't have any other way of dealing with those cases they can't conceive of any other way to possibly uh, make the situation better we've gotten to the point you can identify those people at risk you can offer protection and you can let people go about their business like adults and like parents where you can take what precautions you feel are necessary the masking that's currently going on summer school that we talked to Mark Laurie about And safeguard your health as is, you know, you're right as a person to be able to do what you feel is better. You're not going to stop everybody from sitting around all day uh, eating, drinking, or smoking a lot, Um, (laughs) unfortunately. You know, I'm sure we would love to uh, be able to stop people from all their unhealthy habits. Uh, But there is a line I I think that has to be drawn. And I think there's a discussion that has to be had before –
4: just digging your heels in and going one way or another. And as we continue to move forward, when it comes to vaccinations, when it comes to knowing as much as we do about this virus, you do have to change uh, what the guidelines are. And as you said, Brian, as we've been saying, the CDC has not yet changed their guidelines. And I, I agree uh, personally with Mark Laurie that it should be a district by district. And yes, you do have to listen to not only the the uh, faculty and the, the teachers and the uh, those on the school board, you do have to listen to the parents as well. And I think a majority of parents want their kids to be back to some uh, sense of normalcy and you have a better chance of that without any issue than you did a year ago.
3: I guess at the end, I I look at those tweets the exact same way. Uh, Everyone who says, just put a mask on, you know, what's the big deal? And those people who say, "Uh, yeah, we went to space 60 years ago. What's the big deal? I I think you're kind of missing, right, the greater picture of it. I mean, there's much more to the discussion uh, than just that one thing that gets so much attention. Uh, and uh, I I like that we got
4: a little bit of, uh, of that with Mark Lurie today. Can I say something completely off the uh, issue before we go to before we end the show today? I used nose spray for the first time in my life, and what an amazing difference it makes! Really? I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay, don't get hooked. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. I. If I walked in, I um, was a little congested this morning. I took uh, some nose spray. I bought some nose spray on the way in. I feel amazing. Like, it, it it, completely got rid of my congestion. I didn't know these things worked so well. Joe,
3: it's a great ad for nose spray. Well, I didn't say, a, I didn't say a name. I'm just saying. Generic. It, it took 32 across years. Across the board.
4: It took 32 years for me to try something different, and uh, I'm glad I did because I'm not sure I would have been able to sit here for an hour without just being a sneezing mess.
3: Um we have much more on the situation in Lackawanna coming up at the news, which is in just a few minutes. Thanks for hanging out with us uh, today. Is Bezos an astronaut? We'll still take your calls on that tomorrow i I think we could do a show
4: on that. <laughs> what is an astronaut
3: uh, w b e n
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt Hi-ya! and even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician.